Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Leveling Up and Lactation podcast. We're a couple days late this week. That's okay. We made it. (laughs) A for effort, right? I am Erica Dutley, your host, and this is the podcast where I highlight, amplify, and document the journeys of fellow Black lactation professionals. And this interview was supposed to take place earlier in the year, but um, I believe in divine timing, and I believe this interview was meant to happen um, where it did in this month. Um, So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest. And it's really about this episode is about keeping an open mind and not feeling like you have to remain um, stagnant if you feel called to transition or pivot into another type of profession, essentially. So without further ado, this week's colleague is Sophia Taylor. Sophia Taylor is a pediatric nurse in IBCLC born in Manhattan and raised in Long Island, New York. She now resides in Raleigh, North Carolina with her husband and their four daughters who were all breastfed. She is the owner of Relatable Lactation and her purpose is to create diversity in the lactation field. She prides herself on creating an environment where Black families feel like they don't have to code switch and can relate to a lactation provider who truly gets it. She considers herself a lifelong student who is continuously growing and has a goal to collaborate with other lactation professionals and community leaders to help bridge the gap in order to better serve Black and Brown families and give our people access to quality lactation care beyond the clinical setting. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sophia, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Leveling Up in Lactation podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure. I'm so excited to speak with you when we were going to do it originally. I think you hadn't found out your results yet, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, Yeah, I was still in transition, waiting on those results, but they're here now and I'm on the other side. Love it. And we are going to dive deeper into that. But first, to get us started, if you're a listener of the show, you know, I always like to kind of set the stage of what you wanted to be uh, when you grew up. So graduating high school, was there already a plan or how did that um, come about? Well, um, so I just want to start back just a little bit more um, before Mm -hmm. high school. So I I grew up in the foster care system. So I was just kind of, you know, just like a a displaced child. You know, I was in several different homes. So I kind of just didn't have an idea of what life was going to be. I was just living day to day, just trying to survive. So Mm -hmm. when I, um, you know, I didn't do very well in the first part of high school, I was doing things that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. But, um, you know, God presented something else different to me. I got into a different home. I got into my forever family and I was around, you know, a different vibe of people that wanted me to, to do better, you know, just welcome me into their home. So their, their thing was, you know, having a good education system. They were all about college and different things like that. So it was just a different environment that I was in. Um, 
And so I ended up, I wanted to be a crime scene investigator, actually. I wanted to go into wow. forensics. Yeah, I wanted to do that. And then um, I talked with my guidance counselor, and she was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Your personality doesn't really fit with that. And so I just kind of was just like, okay, so what do I do now? So in 11th grade, I ended up um, going into hair school. So I was able to do a dual program where I can go to high school at the same time and you know, cosmetology school at the same time. Mm-hmm. So half the day I would be at regular school. And then the second part of the day, I would go to cosmetology school and graduated that way. And then, so I graduated with a trade and got my license to become a hairstylist. I was a hairstylist for 10 years. You know, that wow. was my, yeah, that was my passion. I'm, I mean, I still, you know, kind of do hair on the side and, um, you know, and that's what it was. Yeah. Wow, that was that was a ride that you just took. That was a ride. <laughs> that was a ride. Yeah, so, and I'm but still I, riding. It's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I love that you shared that detail because, again, I, it's always amazing to me, kind of how people find their way into lactation. So, I mean, from the way that you kind of grew up in the foster care system, pivoting around a little bit thinking that you wanted to get into forensics and then being a hairstylist for over a decade. And then, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. yeah. So for those that are listening, if you feel like you have to lock into something at the age of 18 and stay there, you know, you should know yeah. that by now, right? You can Honestly. bounce around as much as you like. And that's really what life is all about is evolving, trying this for a little while, because this isn't, you know, the same generation that our parents and like uh, adults grew up you know, years prior, like this is a very um, exciting, I think, phase just in the world where you can try something for a couple of years, decide that, yeah, no, I'm over it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's limitless out here. I mean, there's so many different opportunities to poke your head into, you know, you, you may like it for five years, you may like it for two years, and then God will present you with another opportunity. And your next thing you know, you're over there. So, you know, it's, it's been a ride. Absolutely. So with all of that, and, and I love hair solace because it almost feels like therapy, like pampering and therapy at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, and it ties hand in hand with nursing. So after yeah. I became a hairstylist, I went into the nursing program. Um, so I, I was a CNA first. I did work with, um, I worked in the reminiscence department with the, um, with the mentally challenged and, um, you know, dementia patients and different things like that. And so um, I was, you know, would go to school overnight. So I would, you know, do all of my on- online schooling for my prerequisites. I took those courses at night. And then I just, every time I was mopping the floor, I, mean, I just already had it in my mind. You know, I'm going to be a nurse. You know, this is, you know, I, shout out to all the CNAs out there. Y'all do yeah. uh, backbreaking work and, you know, it's just commendable, you know, but I just felt like my life was going in a, you know, a different, you know, different direction. So, you know. Um, yeah, I became a nurse and then I've been working as a nurse as well as a lactation professional for about five years now. So, and I, and I love it. Got it. So I imagine a lot of those skills, just being able to relate with people and having that continuity of meeting with, you know, I'm assuming clients like weekly or monthly or whatever the case may be. I'm assuming a lot of those skills transferred well into working in lactation. So fill us in a little bit about some of those skills. 
Well, I'm I'm naturally an introvert, you know, due mm. to all of the the stifling of my voice that I have experienced as a child. So it's just it kind of transitioned over into my adulthood. It kind of followed me. So that's kind of been my Achilles heel, mm. uh, the introvert uh, aspect. But, you know, I just been pushing past fear and um, it, communication has definitely helped me, you know, um, just reach people and just. Um, and spiritually getting with people on a deeper level and just trying to figure out how I can help them and, you know, kind of sharing my story with some of the people that that I do come across. And I'm just able to have that one-on-one with them. And I just, you know, and that also transitions to hair as well. So like, like you were saying, like the, um, like the communication part of that and therapy, you know, sitting behind the chair, helping people with their, with their issues and also making them look beautiful. When every time I have a, I see a teenager or something or a mom, you know, that's having some issues, I'm able to talk with them and just get on a deep yeah. level with them. So communication has is been a big thing that has transitioned over. Love that. And so we read in your bio that you're a pediatric nurse. So what kind of sparked the pivot into lactation land? Um, so one of my colleagues, uh, she went to the Healthy Children's Project. There was like an opportunity for her and like two other people to do um, a course through them, which I really didn't even like think of, you know, doing anything with lactation. But I'm like, I breastfed four of my kids. I can do that. That mm-hmm. looks like something <laughs> I can do. Like I can teach people how to, to breastfeed their babies. Like this should be good. And so I went ahead. um, So the opportunity came back around um, a year later because two of the girls that was working with us, they ended up leaving. And so it was only one lactation professional between both of the the, uh, practices. So I asked and they they paid for the course and I took the course and, you know, here I am. I became a CLC after that. And around what year was that? So that was back in 2020. So that was in 2020. And then I got my results in uh, January of 2021. I've been and I've been practicing since then, since then, you know, just tracking my hours, you know, just making sure I um, had everything in order because I kind of already knew the next step was IBCLC. Got it. And so when did you fall in love with lactation? You mentioned that you breastfed all four of your baby girls. Yeah. So was it with one of your children or was it with learning more in depth about the lactation field? Well, we're going to go back to hair. So (laughs) (laughs) So one of my clients, she was a young, she was a young mom. She had four kids. So she was kind of, uh, so she had uh, twins. She had a set of twins. She was pregnant with her, um, she was pregnant at the time, and she also had, like, a toddler that was also running around the the, um, the, the hair shop. salon. So <laughs> she was just doing a lot. And so it's just the funny thing is God always gives me glimpses of what my future will be. You know, he would just show me, you know, little glimpses here and there, and I would just kind of shake my head and be like, okay, no, I'm not going to have four kids. <laughs> but he would kind of throw it out there but I just I just fell in love with it because I just saw how she was with her children she was breastfeeding as well and she was pregnant so I was like I didn't even know you can do that at the time and I was like but I was pregnant with my daughter and I had never seen breastfeeding up close before so this was just something kind of new and I was like yes I want to do that I want to breastfeed my kids that's what I'm going to do and honestly she gave me you know, how she was, you know, how she was doing with these kids and how she was able to take care of them and breastfeeding Mm -hmm. them. And she was talking about going back to work soon. I'm like, girl, 
Then you said, go ahead and have the baby first. <laughs> Slow down. But it was just that she was just a young girl that was determined to give her babies the best. And that just sparked, you know, something in me. I love that so much because it's really, I feel like sometimes we overcomplicate getting more people to consider breastfeeding as a feeding choice, right? Mm -hmm. We think about all these programs and, you know, assignments and all these different things that they need. But at the root of it, and it's part of my story, it's just the exposure to see that it's an option. Oftentimes we assume that we have to force a mom or, you know, there's all this pressure, but there's a huge, I can't say a number, but I feel Mm. like there's a large number of moms and parents that are open to the option, but maybe they don't see how they would fit into that scenario. But you seeing a mom that is not sacrificing going back to work, she's able to continue building her family if she chooses to and continue Mm -hmm. to breastfeed all those little bits of exposure kind of plant the seed that is an option. So I love that you had that, that positive experience so early on. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And so fill us in. uh, We know there's three pathways. If you're a regular of the show, you know, you're probably tired of us talking about the pathways. So fill us in uh, which, which pathway you chose. And then if given the option, would you choose to go back and do a different one? Yeah, definitely. So I chose pathway one because I do have a a background in healthcare due to being an LPN. So Mm -hmm. um, I chose that pathway, but um, I would have chosen pathway three, you know, simply so I can get more hands on, you know, the the mentorship. I I would have loved that. Gotcha. And so I think that's common for a lot of us pathway oneers. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's a matter of the road of less resistance, but it doesn't mean on the other side that we're not continuing to seek out that type of mentorship. Sometimes when we hear the term mentorship in relationship to IBCLC, we assume that that has to be prior to the exam. It doesn't. Exactly. If you feel like you have like those knowledge gaps or like that just in-person type of rapport building with colleagues, you can still reach out to people to kind of do some um, non, what's the word, um, registered um, mentoring. So right. <laughs> it's not too late. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm, you know what, and I'm still kind of like building my, you know, my team and just, just, uh, you know, like-minded people. I'm just been reaching out to some doulas and, you know, different mm-hmm. lactation professionals. Um, I do kind of have like a, um, a SLP and a lactation consultant. And we just had lunch the other day and it was just a, the time just got away from us just talking so yeah. much about lactation. It was just so, it was just really nice. And, uh, you know, just to get it, put myself out there and just start meeting people. Yeah, I did something very similar and it's a little nerve wracking. I'm a, also a fellow introvert. And so taking that first step yeah. <laughs> is a bit unnerving, but if you have like kind of like-minded interests and really the conversation can just evolve and you don't have to feel like you have to start with visiting five or 10 different offices, but identify one person that you kind of follow, you like their content, or you've seen them kind of speak before out and about and kind of reach out to grab some coffee or grab some lunch. And you may be surprised at how that ripple affects into them introducing you into other people. So that's yeah. right. That's <laughs> I'm curious on what was the biggest challenge in becoming an IBCLC? Um, so home life. That was that was a challenge because you know Amen. yeah just trying to just trying to be a, a good a good mom a good wife and just trying to give everybody time and I have to split my time before but between four children and my husband as well trying to you know just navigate my own mental things and just still trying to work a full time job it, it was a lot it was a lot but you know I I I use that time 
you know, that I was studying. I would do that overnight while my kids were asleep. And, you know, just so I can just still give them the most of me. But I kind of explained to my kid, any time that I take on like a big venture or something that I know I have to be super focused, I just kind of have a conversation with all of my whole entire family and I let them know, okay, listen, mommy is about to take on something else. (laughs) I need all of you guys to be on one accord. You know, I may be on my computer a little bit more. I'm not ignoring you. I just need you to understand that I'm trying to take us to a different place. They usually fall in line, but it's that youngest one. She she's one that <laughs> likes to run the house. So she was like, I'm like, I already had this conversation with you. She was like, but listen, I need you right now. So I just, you know, it's it's still, you know, it's it, I still have, have some things that fell through the cracks. But you know what? I'm on the other side. Yeah, and and that's super relatable. And I think getting ahead of it, having that conversation, that discussion of what reality is going to look like, whether it's going to be for the next. In my scenario, it's like, give me two years. This two years is going to be rough. Mm-hmm. I got to take a step back. I'm going to be up overnight, not only nursing, but also study. It's going to be a lot. But Ooh. realizing that there's going to be an end goal. <laughs> right, exactly. I need Can y'all all helpful. <laughs> Exactly. And, and that's something that sometimes... For me, speaking personally, it's like, why could I have not found this career prior to becoming a mom? Because that's when I had the time and the energy and the mental capacity. But I know all things work, you know, for a reason. But it's Mm -hmm. just like, man, it's, it's, (laughs) I feel like I I could go so much Right. Right. And I'm like, I would be so much like more financially stable. Like, why did you give me this dream and vision before, Lord? What is this? Exactly. And you just like, you know what, hindsight is twenty twenty. you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't my time yet at that time. So, you know, I had to go through all of those things. I had to learn myself. I had to yes. be, you know, I had to look inside and see, you know, get myself together before I'm coming out here to help these families. So, you know, everything is done in due time. Absolutely. And I think that's such a great point. So one of the things I love is my son has literally been with me steps along the way for him to kind of see the evolution and he gets to see that mommy is working hard and they fully understand like what breastfeeding is and how Mm -hmm. to help and how to face bottle feed and all these different things. So I do love that aspect of it that they're able to kind of see you build something from scratch. Right. And my daughters, they're like on board with going ahead and taking over the business. And, you know, I have two that are like right by my side that are just sitting with me. Like my oldest, she wants, to, she does theater. So she wants to be an oh. actress and she, uh, she wants to move to Atlanta and do the whole thing. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I have two, two of my daughters that are just like really interested and in, they sit in on like the um, virtual visits. They kind of sit off to the side and they're really interested in what, the, you know, oh, what I'm teaching that. these families. So, I mean, I, I know I have them watching. So that's my motivation right there. Love it. Love it. And you referenced kind of divine timing or perfect timing. With that in mind, Mm -hmm. share with us when you pass your IBCLC exam and then how it feels being on the other side. Oh, so I feel like Tony Braxton. I can breathe again. (laughs) Breathe again. But I passed in June. I, I got the final result July uh, July 3rd. Well, I was able to use my credentials July 3rd, but I found mm-hmm. out I passed in June. And, um, you know, I went through, like, almost like a phase of, like, depression waiting on those mm. results. Because I yeah. just... Because, you know, I, even though I felt like I did well on the on the exam, there was always still that doubt. Even like the same thing yep. with the NCLEX. When I took the NCLEX, I, I had the three-day waiting period. And I'm just like, 
oh, did I pass? Did I not pass? So, you know, it's just a, a moment of depression and just kind of psyching myself out. And then once those results came through, like, it just seems like the, the fog was lifted. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can breathe and just, I, I can, you know, go back to doing what I what I planned on doing. And I kind of took a break from social media, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I like to post. And, you know, sometimes social media can be a lot. A lot. But, yeah, it can be a lot, trying to figure out what you want to post and all of the things. But, like, I took I took a complete break from that. Cause I just didn't want to see anything lactation until Amen. <laughs> yeah, yes. I didn't I didn't want to see it, you know. And I saw so everybody, you know, rejoicing and uh once they got their results and I was like, okay, I'm, is it time? Let me go ahead and, and, and click on. And there it goes. You passed. And I'm like, oh thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. And then I just I've been ten toes down ever since then. I think that's such a great point that you brought up. It's kind of like the roller coaster of emotions that you experience because you have to wait so long in order to get those results. Yeah. I mean, when I stepped out of that exam, I was confident. Like I knew that I had studied my butt off. Like mm-hmm. I, like I just knew I passed. But the with every day that passed, yeah. I started to doubt more and more. Mm-hmm. But it it just seemed to take over all the mental space. Like my mood was just temporarily yes. just stalled until I got that answer. Yes. And so for people, you know, in preparation of the fall, when I think next month is maybe when some some test dates start rolling out. So the best you can prepare for that weight, the better having some type of activities planned, whether that's like a trip or a vacation or mm-hmm. something to fill that time Definitely. can be helpful because we it's, it's great that it's not like a surprise. We don't know when the results are going to come. We have a tentative timeline on when to expect it. So for right. at least the first two months, <laughs> have something to fill that time um, because I, I definitely felt that the longer it took to get that and then it was just a matter of like refreshing the screen refreshing the screen refreshing the screen oh lord I don't want those buttons out trying to refresh that screen <laughs> exactly exactly and for those listening I do have an episode that's coming up um, that's going to talk about what are things you can be doing to fill your time while you're waiting on results what are yes. books you can be reading different things like that because I needed that information back mm-hmm. when I was waiting. So hopefully that's going to be helpful for this next round of people that are testing um, next month. Yeah. So, and definitely during that time, I, I just honestly took the spiritual journey. I mean, yeah. I did a lot of meditation, a lot of meditation really helped me, um, you know, and that was like the first time I had ever like meditated before. So it's just like yeah. I, that I needed something to get me through. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty spiritual. I'm, you know, connected to God and whatever, but, and that's kind of like what my background is. Um, but I just don't, I'm not religious, but spirituality is definitely there. And I, honestly, I don't know how I would have gotten through without meditation and, you know, just kind of looking within and trying to mm-hmm. get myself through this. So, yeah, I think that's a great point because we fill our brains with so much information, whether that's through a screen, through a book, through a podcast, you know, it's just constant, 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 constant intake. Yeah. So being able to do something that allows your brain <laughs> to be still, <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> I imagine it. works well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we know that you have a private practice, but fill us in on what settings you currently work in or have worked in, and then maybe a couple pros or cons to each of those settings. Yeah. So I'm currently, um, so my day job, I'm working as a nurse, at LPN. So I work in pediatrics. And so I see uh, children from zero to 21. So, you know, mm-hmm. that is my thing. But usually in the afternoon hours, um, I, that's where I see all my babies. So we have 
like six providers between each office. And I, uh, me, I'm the only IBCLC that is between gotcha. both of the practices, but we also have a CLC that will, you know, just kind of see patients in between then as well. But between all of these uh, people, these uh, practitioners, um, I'm running around the office around that time, helping get moms latched on. The cons to that, I don't get enough time because I mm. also have to be a nurse. So I don't get enough time, especially if I have a mom that is crying her eyes out and the baby is crying. They're not latching. There's no way I can get that baby latched, you know, and, you know, try to help mom get that baby latched and try to do skin to skin with them to calm the baby down or just try, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot. So I try to use that time to do more education and I have given have been given the okay to go ahead and slip in my information. Love that it. way I can take them on as a client. So if they want to be seen later on that evening, say around six thirty, seven o'clock, which most parents have been agreeing with, I'll just go out yeah. to the house to go and see them. So I've been getting a lot of patients that way as well. I mean, my job has been super supportive. What a dream. What trying to yeah. do. Right. It's been a beautiful thing that has been happening over the last few months. I love that. Love that so much. So as far as like your, your schedule with being a nurse in that setting and then like your private practice, have you figured out like a flow and on like a rhythm of what that structure looks like? Um, it's still rickety right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's still rickety, you know, I'm still kind of putting along, you know, the, it's, it's not a well oiled machine as of yet, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, it, I'm getting some traction and, you know, I, I actually have patients now that I can go and see and just, you know, and build my business. So, you know, it's, it's not where I want it to be, but it, it's coming along. Gotcha. And then I'm curious, I think a lot of us are trying to somehow figure out a way to kind of partner with like a pediatrician or an OB in the office. Is that mm -hmm. something that was designed where you are a CLC prior to working in that specific office and they anticipated you working in a lactation capacity once you got those results? Oh yeah, they were they were already ready to go ahead and start pushing patients out as soon as they um soon as I gave them the word that I was finished with my IBCLC. You know, cuz you know, being a CLC, you know, you can help, you know, you know, going to the going to different patients rooms and and different things like that, but when we're going outside and we're doing the legal things, you know, that's where yeah. the IBCLC comes in because they're more you're more marketable that way. Like no disrespect to the, you know, the different um you know, subsets of being a lactation professional, like, and, and that's still beautiful as well. But, you know, if you want to get into the legal aspect of it, I believe you're, you become more marketable when you are at IBCLC. And so I'm sure. now able to go to different pediatric offices in the areas and especially reaching some of, you know, the people in my communities that I used to be in, you know, I can now go into those settings and be like, oh, well, do you need somebody to help out? Or what, what are y'all looking like? And checking their temperature to see, you know, how I can help and how I can be. I mean, even if I don't get any money from it, you know, as yeah. long as I'm, you know, able to put my face out there to, you know, so I can be someone that they can fall back on. Yeah, I think you made a couple of great points. So one of which is no, knowing that there's scope of practices for a reason. And okay. so when we are in that subset mode of a lactation professional, I was a CBS before becoming an IBCLC. 
the challenge with us trying to work with like other doctors and different things like that is the liability factor, right? Is right. They have to kind of monitor, are you staying within scope? And then if you're not, then their liability takes a hit by comparison mm-hmm. to becoming an IBCLC, you're carrying your own liability insurance and you have a greater scope of practice to work within. And so thus is less liability, I imagine, on the provider. So for those kind of listening, like what's, why does that matter? Those are a couple of reasons as to why it matters. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, definitely. And then the, the other point that I pulled from that is sometimes you do have to kind of like donate or volunteer your time in order to kind of get your foot in the door, right? right. So that may mean kind of consulting with the pediatrician they don't want to refer out, but it may just be providing some guidance or some resources mm-hmm. for them to relate to a client. But that may kind of trigger their memory when they get another client to say that, actually, you know, I trust what Sophia said. Let me just go ahead and kick you over to her instead of, right. you know, playing telephone. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're still trying to like find your footing, talking to myself here is volunteering some <laughs> of that time in whatever capacity that's available to kind of like mm-hmm. set the stage to kind of show and prove that you know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. And that's also one of the laws of the universe too. Like whatever you put out there is what you're going to get back. So, I mean, yeah. if you're just, you know, showing kindness and just, even if you don't have to earn it, if you don't earn a dime from it, you know, mm-hmm. just knowing that you're able to help somebody else and change somebody's outcome, you know, that's the most rewarding thing for me. Love that. So with that in mind, what is, if you're comfortable sharing, a big mm-hmm. audacious dream in regards to the lactation field that you have? Okay, so it started out, I want you know, everybody... <laughs> everybody has you know I I hear a lot of people that want to do like the RV thing and they just want to you know drive around that was kind of like my goal but I feel like since I want to add other wellness features into my practice eventually I want to do a brick and mortar that is close to like the downtown area so you know it's more accessible to our people and also a block away from you know the people that have it like that. So it's just where everybody, it's like a community center where everybody can receive, you know, that lactation support and, um, you know, and just other wellness features that um, I'll be incorporating um, as well. Love that. Yeah. And I think that's common. (laughs) Go for it. Oh, yeah. So, um, but also, like, honestly, I I just, I I just recently just went into like the Raleigh Chamber of Commerce and Mm -hmm. like I just became a member with them. So they have been talking about like tackling Medicaid expansion. And so I've just been trying to see, like educate myself on what that actually means for our people here. And so, you know, I just been doing some research and just, I want to know what I'm talking about before I get in front of these folks. (laughs) So I've just been trying to, yeah, I've been trying to educate myself on that. So when I, you know, do present my ideas to them, they're completely on board. Or even if they're not on board, they can point me in a direction to where I need to be in order to, um, to you know, give us some, give our people some access to uh, quality lactation care without jumping through the hoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so funny. I think it was last week I had a um, on a task force for infant feeding here for the state of Indiana, and that was on the agenda. Was talking about Medicaid and looking at other states that have some type of workaround for Medicaid and lactation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because that I mean that's really one of the the Goliaths of this field is being able for it to make it easeful, for it to mm-hmm. be accessible, for it to be consistent across the state, the U.S. Mm-hmm. But then also the reimbursement rate, right? Right. <laughs> like if we're able to do that and provide that care, it, you know, we're not just in here to make money, but we're, we are a business. So we need yeah, to be able to kind of have some type of sweet spot for that. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
All right. So share with me a resource that has been invaluable so far on your journey, especially for those that may be kind of like um, getting prepared to kind of sit for the exam next month. Okay. So the LER, they always come in and clutch, you know. Yes. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Yes. And uh, checking out uh, Nikki and Nikki, their um, their podcast. Um, I mean, not the podcast, but the the YouTube channel. Yes. Like so much nuggets and all of the things, you know, pay your taxes. Make sure they they tell you. Yes. Yes. And then um, just the future of lactation group. Like that has like, I just like community right there. Saving grace. And I have not met anybody from that group, but I honestly, I feel like everybody is my sister or distant friend. Yep. I just feel like I feel home when I'm talking, I'm ready to share all of the new things that I have going on and then they share and we can give feedback. It's just a beautiful thing. Exactly. I feel the exact same way. It's like whenever I'm feeling like a little bit off, a little bit down, I mm-hmm. can go through that group, post something or respond to something. And it's just an immediate lift to my mm-hmm. head because it's just like that camaraderie, that community. And shout out to Jada for creating that safe space. I mean, it's it's just yes. a good thing. Yeah. Yes. And also listening to you, listening to your podcast. Oh, like, you. honestly, I have, I started from listening from day one and I just, you know, <laughs> went all the way through because, you know, you have, you have talked to some, some people that have like really inspired me to keep going on this journey and just your calm, warm presence has been like, a, just, just listening to you you know, just asking questions and just, you know, really wanting to know how people have gotten into the lactation field and, you know, how we can, you know, communicate with each other. And we, it just doesn't make people seem so unreachable. Yeah. You know, you, you, you have a way of bringing the, um, the realness out. Thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. so glad that that's translating well um, through a mic. Uh, sometimes I, I consider dabbling with like a video podcast, maybe recording some, but then I'm like, mm, I don't know yes. if I'm ready for that. <laughs> but I'm grateful that even just with, with speaking, um, it's, it's translating. And really, for me, it was really illuminating seeing people be so warm and so welcome because these are people that I have fangirled after. So the, I don't think I've gotten any type of denial for requests for people to speak on the podcast and again from people that are you know six months into the field to decades in it's it's just been it just reinforces um me being in this work because it's I mean it's just beautiful individuals everywhere oh yeah all right so with that in mind (laughs) (laughs) this work can be draining just Mm -hmm. emotionally financially I mean what are the the why or whys that keeps you going on those more challenging days um yeah, like I like I said, my kids they 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 keep me going, you know, because yeah. they're watching. They um, you know, they're asking questions, and they they don't never stop asking questions. So I gotta be, <laughs> so I gotta be on point for those uh those young ladies and young. I have two young women, you know, that are coming up. So it's just, you know, I do I do this all for them. Do it for my family. I I'm trying to take us to the top, and you know, and that's what it is. That's what keeps me going. On my down days, I, I feel like I, I can talk to my husband and, and lean on him for support. You know, he's been rooting me on since I had our first child in our in my belly. He already knew, you know, there was something yeah. divine going on here, you know. So, yeah. 
I love that. And I think that's calling back to earlier in the interview is mm-hmm. with having our children along for the ride is that we yeah. can lean into them for that kind of like recentering and that resurgence of energy and kind of refocus um, mm-hmm. on those more challenging days. So that's, that's a pro. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So looking back to where you started, it sounds like in 2020 is where you kind of learned about lactation and started getting going in that Is there anything you would go back and kind of like tell yourself or whisper to yourself with Mm -hmm. all the experience and knowledge you have right now? Yeah. Give yourself some grace, girl. Give Mm -hmm. yourself some grace. Uh, Perfection is boring. You know, yeah. Push past the fear. You know, you have overcome the anxiety eventually. You know, it's getting better. You know, you're you're getting out there. You're you're communicating well. You know, Um, you're getting your message across, you know, that. Just give yourself some grace. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think we all need to hear that mm-hmm. <laughs> regularly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and a trick I like to play with myself is whenever I'm kind of like negatively talking about myself or kind of beating myself up about something is I always flip it is to say that if this was a client, if this was a mom, if this was a parent, how would you respond to them if they were in this scenario? So that has helped to kind of shift um, the way that I kind of speak to myself and kind of help to kind of continue to express grace to myself and to to others too. That's right. It's all in your mindset, you know? Absolutely. Okay. So one question I love, and I wanted to give a little bit more time for people to answer it is Uh if you could switch places with any lactation professional for one day, Uh who would that be and why? Okay. Let me see. I have two people though. Okay. I'll allow it. Yes. Okay. So Jada Metcalf. Um, yes. Yeah. She is making moves out here and like Man. just to live in Atlanta and just around the culture and around, you know, just our people and just, she's in the thick of it. So it's just like, I just love her whole entire vibe, her, just like her smile, just like her, her love for lactation and doula work. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a beautiful thing to see. And then Nikki Greenway Hunter, well, yes. Hunter Greenway. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. She over here making moves too. Like it's just. Can't be the same 24 hours I got. Man. <laughs> I mean, where is the extra, where is the extra hours? I mean, she is out here doing it. And it's just a beautiful thing to see our people just out here making moves and just educating people and just helping people. It's just, it's a great thing to see. And it just keeps, that's what keeps me going. Yeah, and I think it's 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 about like their their brand. If, mm-hmm. if that's not cliche, but it's like they have a very distinct brand. Like oh, their yeah. lane, they do it well. They mm-hmm. continue to kind of change and evolve. You can kind of tell by like their social media and like their offerings and different things like that. And then with Nurse Nikki, her relocating right from yeah. Louisiana to Texas and not really missing a beat and kind of you know reestablishing herself. Beat. Man, it's it's. <laughs> inspiring and then she's like have another office and then she she took us to the door like i'm I'm upset with her for that she done took us to the door but she ain't show us inside so i want that message to be gone so you know i want her to hear that yes yes (laughs) i'm ready and they both yes i believe they both just got offices and they both just started school this semester which is just man Mm. amazing inspiration (laughs) yes And leading with that, so for someone who's going to be inspired by listening to your story, what's going to be a suggestion for if they're just kind of dabbling with, I don't know if I want to do this as a career, what would you say if they wanted to simply get started? Yeah, well, this is not a head jumping in head first uh, profession. Mm -mm. Honestly, you have to set some goals. 
um, you got to figure out why you're doing it. You know, um, because if your first thought is money, <laughs> you may be setting Ooh. yourself up for some disappointment. Honestly, yeah. um, start with your community. Um, see where the need is. Um, you may be called to counsel or consult some teen moms. Um, you may be mm-hmm. drawn to new moms that are in the church. I mean, if yeah. you can't find someone who is doing what you do, create it. You know, create the avenue to it. You know, be the change that you want to see. You know? Um, I like uh, yeah, just looking into private practice, um, just make sure you get all your ducks in a row. Make sure you have, you know, your EIN number. Make sure you have mm-hmm. all of those things before you you go ahead and, you know, jump into that private practice so you don't have to backtrack. Make sure you have all of those uh, tax situations, in, you know, in order. I, I speak this wholeheartedly. When you start getting yep. that tax and that money starts rolling in, make sure you're setting that money aside, you know, so you can go ahead and pay your taxes. And I think that's such a great point <laughs> is people aren't going to take your business seriously if you don't. So once you go through the process of the headache of learning about the EIN and the taxes and, you know, all the different loopholes that you have to kind of make sure are accounted for, you're not going to let anybody downplay what your business is. But if you're not aware of that and you're just kind of treating it, you know, not as a business and you don't have to have a business if you want to work under somebody else, if you want to work for a volunteer organization, it's not required that you go into private practice, but just be aware because this field started off in like a counseling, informal, volunteering setting. So we already have to kind of turn the tide and get people to recognize it as a business. That's right. For those of us who own them. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just make yeah, just make sure your 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 things are in a row, you know, your ducks are in a row and then, you know, and just what if if you're gonna if you're going to do this, make sure you you read, you you educate yourself, never stop learning. Just making sure you you know there's a lot of resources out here. Find find like-minded people that are willing to you know take the ride with you and just you know and that that you can you know get your mentorship from. Or I, I wish I would have done that, but I'm still you know I'm still trying yeah. to find find and build my tribe. So you know get with some like-minded individuals that you know that have a common goal that want to see the same you know um, outcome that you want. Absolutely. And one thing that is streamlined through this interview is that you don't have to just kind of lock in one way to work in this work, just like you don't have to lock in one way to work in life, right? Right. So if you feel like I'm really good at just doing focusing on prenatals, that's my jam. That's what I'm going to offer. I'm going to make sure that that is down pat. And then a year from now, six months from now, you want to pivot and do something else, you can do that. That's the beauty of this field. Yes, there's no limitations (laughs) here. There's no limitations. The, you know, the universe is yours. You know, take advantage of it. All right. So we are going to move over to the letdown segment. We've had some stimulating conversation. And so we're just going to let the answers flow. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So the first question is, if all of your consults had to be the same chief complaint for one month straight, what would it be? Uh, Latch. Getting that mom to to latch. Perfect. Was the IBLC exam as challenging as you anticipated? Um, Yes. Do you feel specifically being an IVCLC was necessary to do the things that you wanted to accomplish in this field? Absolutely. What is one word you would use to describe your journey? Overcomer. Perfect. Love that. Sophia, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Please share with us how we can stay connected. So your website, social media, email, anything we can stay connected with you with. Yeah. So uh, my email is um, Sophia Taylor 
at relatable-lactation.com and I can be found on social media, Instagram, uh, relatable underscore lactation. And my website is www.relatable-lactation.com. Perfect. Love it. I'll haul all the information down in the show notes as well as on the website, levelingupinlactation.com. And we'll see you all in the next one. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Leveling Up in Lactation podcast. Three ways you can support this show. Follow, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. It takes three seconds. You guys can scroll on up and do that now if you're not following us already. You can share this podcast with your network on social media and newsletters and texts. This may be the pivotal moment that people are needing to give them that push to continue on in this field. And third, you can leave us a review. Please be very candid, be honest, so people get a sense of what the podcast is about, what, if any value, it brought to your life and to your journey. People want to hear that. And then learn more ways to support and read more about all of our past guests at levelingupinlactation.com. Remember, as you work with families or if you're considering joining the field of lactation, it does not matter if your words are evidence-based, if your bedside manner is trash. Let's continue to level up. Until next time.